Welcome to Muswell Hill Methodist Church podcast. Today we'll be hearing Deacon Jacqueline's message from our service on Sunday, where we looked at Black History Month. If you live in North London or are visiting, we would love to welcome you at our church and you can find more details about us on our social media. Before we listen to Jacqueline's sermon, let's hear from the Bible. Esther, chapter 4, verses 12 to 17. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you will learn of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. And the second reading is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now may I speak to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
Well, I am really honored by the invitation of your minister, the Reverend Matt Lan. Um, I'm privileged to be among your number this morning. As I said, I, I've come with my two children. And so greetings also again from the neighboring Enfield Circuit, where I am presently stationed. And my great pleasure of being with you this morning is for me a case of solidarity as a black African woman living in the United Kingdom. And so it is with a sense, a healthy sense of humility that I speak to you today. As we know, we are celebrating Black History Month. Black History Month has been celebrated in the UK, it's been a tradition since 1987. Um, to celebrate um, Black History Month as an opportunity to celebrate and learn about black history and heritage and the way that people of African Caribbean descent have shaped the UK's story. And the theme for this year's Black History Month is a national theme, is saluting our sisters People have felt that we talk about black history, we talk about people as everywhere, and women are always kind of seem to be left out. So this year, they've decided that the theme for Black History Month will be saluting our sisters, dedicated to honoring the achievements of black women who are often forgotten heroines. So it is acknowledged that despite black women's countless contributions to society, the achievements of, you know, that they've, you know, their achievements have often been overlooked or forgotten. So the aim is to amplify the voices of black women and challenge the systems that oppress them. And to celebrate this, we have been asked to use the hashtag, we matter. So when we talk about this year's Black History Month, we're talking about we matter. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so added to that is also the fact that this year, on 22nd of June, um, gone, we celebrated 75 years since the HMT Empire Windrush traveled from Jamaica and docked at the port of Tilbury in Essex in 1948. So it's been 75 years, and so um, this year has been a year of celebrating, you know, black history and black heritage. And in that time, there were 1,027 passengers, which um, was one of the early groups of West Indian people to come to the United Kingdom to help rebuild the country after it was devastated during the Second World War. And we know that humanity has been challenged by different things at different times. There has been problems with the Jewish people. There have been problems with Irish people. Um, there have been problems with gypsies around. So um, difference has made people the targets of disrespect sometimes, denigration and prejudice. And black people have been through an awful lot. They have endured that thing called slavery. They have endured all sorts of cruelty. They have endured that terrible thing called racism. Um, some of them have endured human trafficking, and so on and so forth. 
And so Black History Month reminds us of the lived realities of people from black communities and enable us to better understand how we can create change for the future, how we can reduce inequalities, and how we can stop the ongoing effects of racism and by default stop racism itself. And of course, when we gather for our worship, when we gather in church, when we gather in different places, especially at the heart of our worship life, it is also an opportunity for us to center ourselves on God in Jesus and to look in depth in our scripture to see what has gone on in history. And I feel like our scripture readings today, both in the book of Esther in the Old Testament and the New Testament, reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians, give us some helpful perspectives on the nature of God's grace and mercy. And this morning, our focus will be to look at influential women. Remember, hashtag we matter, celebrating our sisters. So we're looking at influential women in the Bible, women who have been in biblical history in both the Old and New Testament, women like Deborah, who was the only female judge, the only one to be called a prophet, and the only one described as performing judicial duties. Deborah is a decisive figure in the defeat of the Canaanites. And as prophet, Judge Deborah was said to hear God's voice and share God's word with others. And there are women like Lydia. Lydia was a seller of purple. And who, following her baptism, was seemingly the first, the very first convert to the Christian faith in the colonial Roman city or the colonial Roman empire. And she was the first Gentile believer to open her home as a worship center for European Christians. And this benefited not only Paul, who had you know, evangelized Lydia and the early church, but also the lives of future generations and believers. And we know that women were among the earliest followers of Jesus. We know that at the time of Jesus, women in Jewish society were limited mainly to domestic duties and did not study the Torah or the Bible or take an active role in the synagogue. But when Jesus came, he broke with convention and offered religious instruction to women, including the famous story in Luke, um, uh, the story of Mary of Bethany, with Mary and Ma Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his word. So Jesus treated women with warmth and respect, enabling them to know that their voices matter, just as the hashtag for this year's Black History Month, we matter. Our Old Testament Bible passage is one that highlights a very unique and influential woman in the Bible, Esther. Esther is an inspiring story 
about a remarkable woman who was willing to risk her life to save her people because she was made queen for such a time as this. And I must tell you that the whole book of, in, in the whole book of Esther, there is no mention of God. But that is the tricky thing, that God has been active in the life of people, even when people don't acknowledge God. So to give you a little background of the story of Esther, it is said that about 400 years before Jesus was born, there was a very rich and powerful king called King Xerxes, and he held or he had a huge, massive kingdom. At the start of the story, the king was enjoying a six-month-long royal celebration for the nobility of his kingdom. Six months. Can you imagine? Who's got that luxury? Six months of celebration just to tell people how wonderful and how marvelous he is. So at the end of this celebration, the king holds a week-long banquet for all of the inhabitants of Susa, which was the capital city. Whether you're rich or poor, you were invited to come to this um, um, banquet. So as a grand finale, the king summons Vashti, his wife, the queen, to appear in her regal attire to display her beauty and enhance the king's glory. But for some unexplained reason, Vashti, the queen, refused. She refused to do what the king, her husband, asked her to do. And because of this, the king was deeply angered. And he sought counsel from the people around him. And consequently, the king was advised to remove Vashti because that has never happened. How can your wife be disobedient to you? So because of that, they decided that she was to be expelled. And so they expelled Vashti and then the queen needed a wife anyway. So he arranged for all the beautiful girls in the city to be brought to him so that he could pick his next wife. So amongst these girls, these beautiful girls, was this girl, Esther. Esther was an orphan. And she was being looked after by her uncle, Mordecai. Some, some people say that her um, adopted father, Mordecai. So Esther won the contest, even though nobody realized that she was a Jew because the Jews were often suffered great discrimination from the locals. They were nobodies, you know. So, and they didn't even know that Esther was also Mordecai's niece. So Esther then left her family and joined the royal household, but continued to keep her identity secret from the king. And one day, Mordecai, her uncle, learned of a plot to assassinate the king which information he passed to Esther, who was now queen. And Esther informed the king. Then the murderous plotters were executed and Mordecai was hailed a hero. Sometime later, another important person joined the king's household. 
He was very close to the king and was seen as the king's right-hand man. Maybe he even saw himself as the prime minister. His name was Haman. But Haman and Mordecai didn't see eye to eye. And for whatever reason, Mordecai decided that he wasn't going to bow to Haman's authority. So they started having problems. They started, you know, having um, rifts. And then um, Haman realized that Mordecai was a Jew and bow. Haman had Haman, you know, had his prejudices and didn't like the Jews. So this was an opportunity for him to get rid of the Jews. So while the king and Haman sat drinking their wine, Haman was plotting and telling the king all sorts of things, and the king had given him the authority that he has gone and do whatever was right. But the king didn't realize that Haman was asking the king to exterminate all the Jews. And this is where we came in now with the text that um, we had from, from the book of Esther, Esther chapter 4, that um, Fran read for us. So it takes up, it, it starts on that confusion which came upon the citizens in the city of Susa. And that was where Mordecai learned that they were going to be exterminated. And he decided to tear his clothes apart. He decided to wear sackcloth and ashes. And then he went out to the middle of the city and wailed loudly and bitterly. So learning that Mordecai is in mourning greatly distressed Esther when she learned about that. And she sent garments to clothe her uncle and said, come back. Don't do this. But Mordecai wouldn't listen. So Esther wanted to find out what was going on. So she then sent a trusted servant directly to Mordecai to inquire why he was mourning and would not stop. So Mordecai sent a message to Esther saying, you must persuade the king to change the law. Beg the king to save the Jews from being killed. <laughs> Esther knew how powerful the king was. People could only go and talk to the king if he asked them to come and see him. If you just went up to the king to talk to him, he could have you killed. That was how powerful the king was. So she said to Mordecai, I can't do this. It's too much to ask of me. It's too scary. The king won't listen to me, and I might be killed. But Mordecai said to her in verse 14, If you stay silent, you will die. Who knows? But perhaps you have become the queen for such a time as this. Mordecai was telling Esther, that maybe the main reason that God allowed Esther to become queen was for this very moment, so that she could save the, the Jews from being killed. So Esther agreed to go and talk to the king. But before she went, she did something very important. She told Mordecai to ask all the Jews in the city to pray and fast for three days and three nights. 
Some of you might have heard people talk about the Esther fast. This is where that came from. So Esther knew that she needed God's help to do what she was about to do. And the Jews agreed to this. They didn't eat or drink anything for three days. All they did during the, that time was pray, pray, pray. They prayed for Esther that she would be able to change the king's mind. After those three days, Esther asked the king to a special feast that she had prepared for him. She asked the king also to bring Prime Minister Haman along. And amazingly, well, what does it say? Prayer changes things. So amazingly, the king was in a very good mood when Esther asked um, him. He was very pleased to see her and he agreed to come along to the feast that she had prepared. So whilst Esther and the king and Haman were enjoying the feast, then the king asked Esther, Esther, would you like anything from me? Anything at all? I will give you whatever you ask. Then Esther told the king about Haman's plan to kill the Jews. The king was horrified. He had Haman punished and then taken out to be killed. The king then realized what a good man Mordecai was. And so he put a royal robe on Mordecai and made a new law that all the Jews should not be killed, but should be protected and honored. So, Esther, our superhero, had saved the day. She could have stayed silent and not gotten involved at all because she, she was scared of the king. King Xerxes was nobody to be, you know, playing around with, even though that was her husband. But Esther trusted God. Esther took a step of faith. Esther called community to come together to fast and to pray. And she felt prepared that she would speak to the king. And because of that, she saved an entire community. She was willing to risk her title as queen. She was willing to risk her status and she was willing to even risk her life to speak for and defend people who were unable to speak and defend themselves. And God used Mordecai to call Esther's attention to both the problem and the opportunity for her to get involved. Notice that Esther and Mordecai worked together to understand the problem. They worked together and developed the plan and executed the plan. So it is vitally important that we as church, we as Christians, we as brothers and sisters, we work collaboratively when we have an issue, when we have a problem, when we want to speak out maybe to an injustice or something. So even though God appears to be silent in the story, there is palpable sense that God is present. God is working behind the scenes in order to save and deliver God's people. 
And God needs the cooperation of human agents to stand up to and speak out against oppressive structures. And we know that our Methodist Church, for example, has a long and rich history of speaking out for people who are often ignored, who are often abused, and who are often oppressed by society. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, was a lifelong opponent of slavery, for example. And in August of 1787, he wrote to the abolition committee to express his support for the abolition of the slave trade. And John Wesley remained actively opposed to the slave trade until his death. And what about us? There are so many things that John Wesley did. We as Methodists, we're looking at ourselves as a justice-seeking church. There's so much on our hands. There's so much that we have done. There's so much that we're doing. There's so much that we intend to do and will continue to do by the grace of God. So perhaps we have been intentionally and divinely placed by God into certain situations to speak words of hope and deliverance. And we have to realize that had it not been for the support of Mordecai or of Esther, the people of Israel would have endured a horrible, undeserved extermination. Had it not been for the abolition committee, there would never have been an end to the transatlantic slave trade. Had it not been for the Black Lives Matter movement, policing, brutality, and abuses of black people could still be going on unnoticed. I can go on and on. Perhaps in such a time as this, God is nudging us to be those that encourage and build others up. Like Esther, we live among hurting people in perilous times. As followers of Jesus, we look for ways in which we can be influential. I believe that each one of us has been put into our families, our schools, our churches, our groups of friends, in the jobs where we find ourselves, in our communities, every situation where we are. I believe God has put us in those places for such a time as this. So I'd like to invite you to close your eyes for one second and allow those words that Fran read for us so beautifully from chapter 14, um, I mean verse 14 of chapter 4 of Esther. Those words I would like them to echo in your ears. So please just close your eyes for one second and I'll read the verse. For if you remain silent at this time, Relief and deliverance for the Jews. We can replace the Jews, relief and deliverance for whatever you think the oppressive structure or situation is, will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows that you have come 
to your position for such a time as this. It is the power of scripture and it is a bold statement. It challenges us to take action and exercise our faith. Think about how God has blessed you with resources, with skills, with abilities, as well as with the relationships and influence you have with others. Even if you don't audibly hear God's voice, how is God leading you? How is God calling you to, these, to use these skills and resources to benefit others? Using who we are and what we are in blessing others and in being the hands and feet of Jesus. That is the work of building the kingdom of God. And this is an emphasis on the certainty of God's comfort and joy to his people. God wants each of us to bring his love, his joy, and freedom to those around us, to help build God's kingdom here on earth. We remember also today all those people who have died because of the color of their skin. The souls of the righteous are in the hand of God. They are at peace and no torment will ever touch them. May their souls rest in peace and may their memory be a blessing. And I just want to encourage you here at Muswell Hill that God will bless the talents you bring each one of you as part of this congregation. Some of you have the vision to drive things forward. Some of you walk better behind the scenes, boasting and encouraging your sisters and brothers. Some of you will go the extra mile to offer your best so that others might be blessed. I pray for every member of Muswell Hill Church that you will receive new confidence and joy in sharing your life-transforming work. Pray that God will bring transformation to the lives of people in this community. Look for the mercies. Look for the resources. Be an Esther, for who knows that you have come to your position for such a time as this. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. And we pray that as we continue to upload sermons, prayers, podcasts and much more, that you find something for you here. Please feel free to follow our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music so that you can hear when we upload new episodes. Until next time, God bless you.